and welcome to the podcast. Well, this is the one where we get super, super meta because this is the two different podcasts around Quentin Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood stitched together into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the whole bloody affair. See what I did there? See what we did? Anyway, so this is our entire two-part conversation, uh, what we were thinking about beforehand, before we saw it, and what we thought about it after we saw it, between myself and Ross, with some other bits interspersed, because after all, it is the two podcasts put together. So, welcome to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the whole bloody affair. And welcome to the podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Phil, and this is Ross and Phil Talk Movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you don't do it anymore, you're no fun. I, I know. Well, you know, I'm so tired of that. So, like, well, it's yeah. a, it's our thing. It's the <clears throat> yeah, thing you we can do. have it. You can totally have that. <laughs> but this is like that would be like Abbott and Costello without Costello. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could just record me saying. I'm Ross, and just play that. Like, <laughs> no, no, like you ten different Philistine. What if I, what if I did ten different versions? I'm Ross. I'm Ross. No, I am Ross. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a he's a whopper and a wapers. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that'd be Abbott without Costello, Laurel without Hardy, Kevin Spacey without sexual abuse allegations. Allegations. Yeah, I fucked that one up, didn't I? <laughs> George Allegations. George Allegations. George allegations. That's about so, Kevin Space. That's like Kevin Space without George Allegay. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> People would be like, "What?" That's. Oh, I, I didn't realise that was a thing. Was that, yeah. was that a thing? They, they had a thing. No, they didn't. The legal reasons, no. they did not. Anyway, they, we might have broken that story right here. Yeah, we, we literally <laughs> we've broken Christ. a story that doesn't exist. Ooh. We are fake news, much like the media. I was say. <laughs> fake news. Uh, so, Ross, how are we? How how are we how are we going? literally just woken up uh very good uh, and it's been again very busy and i just saw uh Patton oswalt live on stage last night oh nice yeah <laughs> amazing good amazing um and it's i watched the uh, book of mormon yesterday which was also amazing yes yeah, fantastic um before we do last film we saw because actually for once we've actually seen the same film as our last film which is good uh, yes, yes. however Quite i do right. want to point out the fact that you i am fucking beyond jealous you watched License to Kill in the in the Prince Charles in the but cinema. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up as the other film. Oh my god, it. I'm so jealous. It right. So in terms of latest films, and, and as I say, I do the old one as well as the new one. License to Kill on it's for 30th anniversary, not for that matters, but it's for 30th anniversary. And they showed it at the Prince Charles Cinema to a packed out crowd, and it looked amazing on the big screen. Uh, and and I know it's it's somewhat controversial to say it's the best. It's the best Bond film. I don't care. No, do you know it's, what? I'm, I, I'm torn between that. I'm always torn between that and Skyfall, right? I love Skyfall. No, no, they're, all, all the others. They look it's some great. Uh, on a Majesty's Secret Service, you only look twice. But, it's a bit stupid. But Oz the Spy who loved me. It's fucking brilliant. Like, we've it's always had Bond. a thing for this film, haven't we? It's fucking awesome. Like, 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 License to Kill is not like any other Bond film. It's the first Bond film because people forget pre-Craig. 
which is he's a lone wolf. Like, I mean, when, when did which is now Craig every ever, Bond film, right? When did Craig ever just do a mission? Well, that's it. Did, <laughs> so did Daniel is, Craig just do an actual? So this has mission? been my ma- biggest issue about the Daniel Craig era Bond. Every sick Bond film, he's like he's a rogue agent, right? It's like he's had four rogue agent Bond films. It's like I just just don't be a rogue fucking agent. I want well, just to see do you be seven. Just do the mission, the, an actual mission. By the way, like, do is, an there, actual... is there ever an episode where we don't talk about Daniel Craig? And I'm sort of obsessed with his baby blue eyes now. To be fair, <laughs> I, I just like he just yeah like so anyway anyway anyway. Point is, everyone forgets pre Craig, he is unquestionably the Bond, the best Bond. Yeah, and and actually, I still. Think he's the best Bond. <clears throat> if you use context, if nothing else, because because oh, yeah. Craig, That's Craig has it. done some. Also, Craig has done some really sucky Bond films, which very few people seem to be prepared to admit. Um, both of Daughters, Living Daylights. It's not my favourite, no, but it's a very solid. Right, it's good. Very solid as a first Bond film for him. It's very solid. And, and following up from A and, View to a Kill, know, right? It was exactly. very and, needed. Yeah, and look, A View to a Kill, I, I'm, if Julian Gilby by any chance is he, he loves View to a Kill. I actually really enjoy View to a oh, Kill. It's brilliant. really good fun. But it's not, let's face it, it's enjoyable for its own reasons, right? So, hold on, so, um, so on that, A View to a Kill, right? Mm. I think A View to a Kill is is the most fun Bond film they've ever made. Probably, right? yeah, it's the most enjoyable. As long as it's, you're not sitting just... there going... Why is it being? Yeah. Why is it being silly? It's batshit mental. You have to. You have to. You have to buy the fact that Roger Moore would have Fox sex with Grace, Grace Jones. Jones. Grace Jones, sorry. Grace and just got like, no, no, it's insane. And, and 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 then you have to take it further and go. Well, if that happened, you know that that will be the first time Bond's ever been penetrated. Right. Also, it, it's like the equivalent of like a British like. Uh, <laughs> An old English aristocrat fucking a wild animal. <laughs> like, it's just insane. <laughs> like, she just, just, she just, and all I mean by that is she was absolutely, unquestionably. Oh my god! Destroying you know that Roger Moore. So like, when Roger Moore made that, he she must was have fucking. Been... Well, well, she was fucking. Um, she was fucking Dolph Lundgren up there. He was. I think Roger Moore was fifty-five. Right. Or something. There is no way a fifty-five-year-old's heart could take being fucked by Grace Jones. I know. And, and After also, she'd been riding Dolph Lundgren, because you know right. she, he, she could go as hard as she fucking wanted with Dolph Lundgren. She's like a gazelle. Like, she's right? like, she's like... She would fuck fucked. Dolph Lundgren, and Dolph Lundgren could ne- would, would never quit, right? Roger Probably. Moore, he dropped dead in five seconds. But, and also, he was 55. And with no disrespect, because love, love, love Roger Moore, he didn't look 55. He looked like he what looked we 80. think... Like, well, like he looked old. Sixties like by today's that, like it just yeah. There's obviously been a change in the way people are, but it, it like and also the fact that he's partnered with Patrick McNee, which is fucking wonderful. Yeah, like that's wonderful. Bad shit, but they, but they but they both look like two old guys walking around doing action stuff. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, but the point is, license to kill, massive screen. Well, you know, big big screen. So I've never seen it in cinema before. Pristine print or wherever the fuck they screamed it from. Dalton is just fucking badass, like all the way through, but also a gentleman and his integrity. The ba- uh, Robert Darby. Robert Darby. Awesome <gasps> he's fucking awesome. Oh my God. Um, he's so good. And even um, uh, Benicio Del Toro, I think it's his first role. Yeah, I think it is. He's I fucking, think it's one of his first. He's scary. There are ninjas, although they're Chinese. Like, it, it, Carrie Haruka Tagawa is brilliant in it. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, just going back to Robert Darby, right? Yeah. First time, probably until Casino Royale. Where mm. Bond fought, or Bond had kind of a proper, just ground level adversary. Yeah, 
Yeah, but look, he's, a, he's basically a, a, a drug dealer. Yeah. I mean, like a big, a big old drug dealer. Like really, really this big is Bond lesbian. taking on, not like, so it's awesome. gone from the Roger Moore era of, of fucking Zeppelins and laser Me- beams. Mega, mega, mega villains. Mega villains. Thing, yeah. To, to yeah. basically a drug dealer. Yeah. Because of revenge. Because of revenge. It's got, it's got like a really, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd ever, never noticed this before, but it's got a very pulpy feel to it as well. Like yeah. it is like an out, out for, yeah, I'm out to, kill these motherfuckers like, like he's he's literally just out to wreck their organization like not, he's to, not you not know to kind of you know say this too flippantly but yeah. this is commando with james bond right it kind of is well there's, there's some very commando elements in it actually there, there are some very just even just the way it's made and it's obviously a similar era but the way the action is the stunts and everything, the stunts are fucking brilliant like Brilliant, and that truck chase at the end. Yep, much, oh. much, much better on a big, like much more impressive on a here's, big screen. Here's an interesting fact: this was the first time Bond had ever bled on screen. Right? Yeah, he's, he's soaked in it sometimes. Yeah, literally the first time Bond had had blood on him on screen. So I yeah. saw this at the cinema when it was released. Oh wow! I, never, I know. I it's, so I went. For, so it was basically I saw, th- and it was around. I think it's around the same time, approximately. But yeah. kind of. I think this was one of the first films I saw in the cinema when I was kind of a, kind of older films. I think Terminator Two was not a million miles away in, in time wise from this. A few well. years, few few years later. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was one of the first films that I properly saw in the cinema <laughs> as kind of a teenager. Yeah. Um, and, and it was after I'd watched. I think we watched um, A View to a Kill. No, not A View to a Kill. Um, Living Daylights on VHS. Um, right. So, vi- so Living Daylights would probably have been my first Bond film. Yeah, I mean, my, my first Bond film in the cinema was uh, For Your Eyes Only. No, no, but I mean, literally, I think that would have been my first Bond film that I saw would be Living Daylights. Oh, I see. Um, and then I watched, uh, then I watched um, uh, um, License to Kill. Right. And then I went okay. back and watched like the Roger Moore. And so this is why I was never a fan of Roger Moore growing up, because my first Bond was Timothy Dalton. Right. And to go from Timothy Dalton to Guy in a Safari suit. Yeah. No disrespect, yeah. because I actually now no, have a massive see, appreciation for those films. Yeah, but I can see that. I can see why that would be a thing. It's, it'd be like if your first Star Wars film was A Phantom Menace, you, yeah. you might find that some of the other Star Wars films weren't as good. I mean, you'd be wrong. But in your opinion, yeah, because it's the first thing you're exposed <laughs> yeah, to. In fact, I would say that. Or, or diff- a difference or whatever. Yeah, my daughter's first Star Wars film was The Phantom Menace, and right. she prefers the original trilogy. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. Good. See, good taste. <laughs> well educated, Ross. Well educated. So anyway, I, fucking super envious, gutted. I couldn't see that game. And I will Brilliant. say, it was right, like it was amazing. You know how sometimes you think I've had this before, where and it, I'm, I'm usually proved wrong. Where I'm like, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Will I be bored? Will I get bored? Not bored, but you know what I mean. Will I like just wander? You know, and it's like in the evening. It was like you know, in the evening after a long day. Da, 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 da. Um, but not. But no. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely wonderful. Like wonderful. So, considering this, this is just the part of where we talk about what we saw last. Um, mm. We're going to have to be relatively brief on the next film, but I can sum it up quite easily, right? Booksmart, mm. second best film, of t- maybe best film of 2019 so far. It's easily, like, easily, unquestionably, my top five films of all t- of, of time no, of this year. <laughs> of all time. Of, of, of all it's time above ever. Commando. Ross has gone yeah, for broke on this one. It's just Booksmart. But I'm not joking. Everyone should watch Booksmart. Everyone. Like everyone. I, don't care. I don't care what you like or don't like. Yeah. I, I was just, just as a film, 
it was absolutely brilliant. Like, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm sort of the audience because I like this kind of film in general. Yeah. Although there just aren't that many, there just aren't that many good ones. No, there's sense. a lot of bad ones. I was genuinely amazed at how good it was. I, I was so, ca- I was so caught up in the whole thing. I fell in love with the film. I fell mm. in love with the characters. I fell in love with how real it felt. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, I haven't been grounded. young for a long time, right? Very long time. Mm. But, you know, the, the challenges that the characters faced weren't too dissimilar to the challenges that we all faced. But no, it's, it's very exactly, much yeah, to modern technology and modern times. And it, it's, it's fucking hysterical. It's whip smart. It's, it's really fucking beautiful. good. Oh, uh, Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte as my parents were fucking brilliant. Oh, like, fucking absolutely brilliant. Billy Lord, man. Yeah, no, she was great. Like, she's in fact, I mean, the whole cast. Unbelievable. She's, she's so, so she's someone that you kind of see in TV a little bit and go, mm. she's got something about her, right? Yeah, she was very, very good. And then also, film, um, she's owned it. Yeah. Yeah, also, Diana Silvers. Um, and I was trying to remember I'd seen it. She was in Mars. She's the lead in Mars. And yes. she's great in this as well. She's great in both. I mean, Mar yeah. is really, I really like Mar. So, yeah, that was nice to sort of see them within like a week. That was interesting. And can I just say, Beanie Feldstein, oh. uh, who plays Molly, she's fucking about. Well, I've seen her in stuff before. The thing that I, I love her in is uh, what we do in the Shadows, the TV show. Okay, not seen it. Not fan of the film. Fucking. Well, you see, this is my thing. I was always a bit <laughs> like, like, I thought the film was like, all right. Like, all right. Like, everyone was raving about it. And yeah. I'm like, I think, you were like, I think it's, it's okay. All right. It's all right. And, and there are bits that I laughed at, but it felt really long at, to me. But the TV show, because it's in these, like, these half-hour slices, it's really, I genuinely think the TV show is much, much better than the film. But when we were watching the film, because it's got that kind of document, like, it's got that kind of like, you know, it's the office, but with vampires, sort yeah. of. It, the format is more suited to a TV show, basically. So like, I feel like if I'd have seen the film in like four 25-minute segments or whatever, I probably would have preferred it, but the, it, the car, I don't know if you know the cast in the, in the TV show, because it's basically a UK cast in an American show. Oh, okay. So you, you've got like Matt Berry, you've got Natasha Dimitri, who's fucking brilliant. She was in a Jamie, or was it Staff, Staff Sells Flats? She's Jamie Dimitri's sister. Kay Van Novak as the lead. And then you've got people like Doug Jones. Like if you've got, like like the cast is brilliant. And there's an episode, episode seven, without giving it away, has more insane cameos than you can possibly imagine. Okay. I, it's like, 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 I like, might like insane, like insane. You'll go. What? I might, I might give a shot to. Um, I might give a shot. hugely so, recommend, hugely recommend it. So hugely. double thumbs up for Booksmart then. One hundred percent. Like I, I would be gobsmacked if this isn't in my top, maybe even top three of, of the like at the end. Ditto. Ditto. Like easily, easily. Right. Um. So meat and bones of the episode, Mister Boyask. Uh, in a couple mm. of weeks, as we uh, as we chat now, um, Quentin Jerome Tarantino has his. Ninth, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, film coming out, right? Mm. Um, and it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've watched the trailer, and the trailer looks good, right? The I'll reviews say right from now, I, ha- I haven't seen the trailer. That's fine. We're not really going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. But uh, the, no. the reviews from Cannes were overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, that always worries me, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, because, and just to be clear, the French, like, they are... they. They revere Tarantino. And by the way, I used to. <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. um, they, re- they, they revere him. Like, yeah. it's almost creepy. But, but they also gave amazing reviews to Django Unchained. Probably, and, probably all of his films. Probably yeah, all of his films. And uh, Hateful Eight. Um, yeah. And, and this, this is the problem I have, right? So Django Unchained was the first Tarantino film I didn't see in the cinema. 
And I've seen all of them so far, which is really upsetting. <laughs> and uh, no, not Django Unchained. Sorry, it was um, Hateful Eight. Okay, but in the end, I liked Hateful Eight more than I thought I was going to. Just to be, I was surprised after a few, but I've been like, "Fuck this!" Like, I, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. So, so this is, I guess, this is the uh, this is the, um, the 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 kind of the theme of the episode, right? Where are we on Tarantino? Because. And I'm going to contextualise this. I was a I was a student like you at university yeah. in the it was early the right 90s. Time, right? He he hits at the right time, right? He hits Absolutely. At the right time. I saw Pulp Fiction yeah. the year before I went to university. It's fair to say that everything I wrote and tried to make after that could be best described as Tarantino esque, right? Yeah, I was a hundred percent in. Right, Reservoir Dogs. I saw it again recently. Still holds up as one of not the but one of mm. the best debut films ever. Yeah, I don't disagree. Hugely confident, hugely clever, and hugely smart. Yeah, and that, se- that difficult second film was fucking amazing. And yeah, the difficult second film was Pulp Fiction. Now, yeah, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in about 15 years, not because I don't want to, but because I watched it so many fucking times. Yeah. That I just, uh, it's almost painful to watch now with hindsight. Mm. Um, so, Pulp Fiction, you know, yeah, that's kind of the, the gold standard. Hall of Fame of films and second films, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you had Forums, which mm-hmm. he doesn't count as one of his films. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. And I quite liked his segment, The Man from Hollywood. I thought it was clever. It wasn't... Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's it fine. I like, I like Forums as a whole. I think it's a, a, an interesting idea that doesn't quite work. And then yeah. we hit probably his most controversial in terms of critical and kind of public acclaim and that is Jackie Brown which it's his best film it's his best film we both love as his best film right it's his best film it's his best film by so f- far yeah and I can't Easily. say by far because no, no, no. and Reservoir Dogs it's a fucking paper piece of paper line between them right yeah but it's but I think my whole thing has been partly he's adapting someone else's work rather than just being I'm writing my own shit and saying nigger a lot like do you know what I mean like there's that <laughs> that that is just I'm so bored about it and by the way it's I'm not it's not to do with his use of that word. I don't care about that. Like that's oh, that's something that to be. To, but, but to be, but what I'm getting at is, it should be something where this word. I've got this whole thing about words having power. Yeah. Like the word nigger is a terrible word, right? It shouldn't be. Essentially, it shouldn't be used. But you either let everyone use it and you depower it completely, and it's a stupid word that ignorant people call black people. Yeah. And and other. Another thing, like it's an it's a term of ignorance and an insult. So you either completely depower it, everyone can say it, so it's basically meaningless. Because in a lot of films, it's said to the point where it's meaningless anyway. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Or, or it, it has the same level or, of unmeaningness. Or no one, yeah, or or no one gets to say it, and that yeah. includes black people, by the way. And I know people say, "Well, who the fuck are you?" The point is, it's a if 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 one group of people are allowed to use it, and love, and everyone else isn't allowed to use it, what exactly is that? Yeah. That is not, that is not, that's like saying, that's like me saying, oh, other people can't say yid, kike, uh, heave, whatever, or Jew with a bit of stank on it, right? (laughs) As Louis C.K. used to say. To me, everyone should be able to say everything because the fact that people get offended by the use of a word, that you need to grow up. (laughs) That word word has been, is overused in in black and American cinema as cunt is in low-budget British right. gangster films, right? Yeah, 100, no, 100 Has a completely different context, don't get me wrong. But here's know. the other thing. People say that, like, what's the, they use that phrase, cunt is a word 
that like hates women. And I'm like, it's a fucking word. Words have and, changed their meaning throughout and, civilization. And also, if I'm not so mistaken, what are and, talking about? And, you know, correct me <coughs> if I'm wrong, but I hardly ever see that word used against women in British no, films, especially. Most people, most men use it against men. Yeah. If that, now, I, I, I will say, when when you do see it used against a woman, it is painful. Like, yeah, it's horrible. Like, there is, there is a horror, I completely agree. Like, if I, the idea of me, and, in, and I'm talking about real life as well as in fiction, like, in real life, if I was to call a woman a cunt to her face, like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I could. Like, I don't think I physically no. could, which is either good or bad, depending on how you look at it. I think, like, you should just use any word. And if you can't take it, if you're offended by it, this is what, yeah, I've got my own little things here about when, I, when or not I would say a word. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not talking about good manners. I'm not talking about being polite to people. I'm talking about, you know, like, just using a word because you want to use that word. Like, if, if it's in, uh, with intent, I want to yeah. way of using it. But, like, either no one's allowed to say it or everyone's allowed to say it, like, pretty much like anything else in the world, because it's just nonsense. Like, it's using a word to segregate people. Is like, we're in the 21st century. Can we just stop that shit? <laughs> Can we Fair. just, like, ju- I'm sorry. That's fine. Jackie This is the soapbox. The soapbox. The soapbox has been put away uh, as we Sorry. return to Jackie Brown. No, but I get, I get what you mean. It's the first time you've adapted someone else's work. I mean, loosely adapted. But Sorry, sorry. Adapted. So, so that's what I was getting. I spiraled off into fucking derangement. But the point is, yeah, it was the first time he adapted someone else's work. It is his least, in general, his least... Tarantino. Least, uh, well, like I was going to say, least flourishy direction. Yes. Oh, like, it's, like, like, yeah. like, like it's a proper... It could have been made in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. It doesn't matter. And I think that's good. And I think that's genuinely a compliment. Like, I think when a film looks timeless, it's like a compliment because it's like... And it's... it's it, yeah, it's, it's just It's the cast strong. that shines, not the script. The cast right? is and, amazing. And what I mean that the is... The cast people, is amazing. People walk yeah. out of Jackie Brown and go, fucking hell, De Niro was great in that. Or fucking hell... Yo, um, X was good. But, in Robert, that. but Robert Forster and Pam Greer alone are a class. Yeah, like 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 Quentin Tarantino, point like Brownie points uh, like to the billion for that. Like it's crazy and how it's, good they it's, are. In it's, that yeah, it's long. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah, it is a bit long, but it's not indulgent like no Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Well, ki- yeah, we have different good. views yeah. on Actually, this. Like, you like you know Kill what? Bill One, just, just, I like Kill Bill Two. Good. Like super quickly, like. super quickly. Sorry, super quickly. <laughs> Jackie Brown. I did not realize. I've just looked. It's two hours and thirty-four. I would submit that Jackie Brown does not feel that long. No, it like, doesn't it does actually. Not, it does I'd not say it's a two-hour that long. That's what I would say. I'm genuinely a bit surprised to see that it's two hours and thirty-four. Particularly as my well, but particularly as my whole complaint about its most recent films have been that they're all two hours oh. and forty minutes. Oh. So I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm well, chastened or whatever the fuck. So, like he does, he can do a good job with a long running time. Yes. Um. So it all starts going wrong around Kill Bill, right? Yeah. So Kill Bill, like you just said, like the first one, I like. I will say, not so much anymore. It's I got one the, good I, scene, right? Well, I prefer the eighty-one films he copied, but <laughs> but but if you think about the mainstream audience, they're experiencing this kind kind of mayhem. And stuff and style, food, well. mayhem, that kind of thing. Yeah, and there's a lot, of, and there's a lot of style. I like how there's lots of different styles to the segments and stuff, and I like how full on it is. I still admire how full on it is. I think that out of one and two, you could have made a really good two and a two and a half hour film, though. Yeah, like, rather you, than you a, a, a pretty average five hour film. Oh, that fucking! I know you like this. I don't get the second one, except for bits of it. But it's like 
20 minutes of the second one, but could be in the first one and then you've done the movie. Yeah, again, don't get me wrong, it's ridiculously overindulgent, both of them, right? Yeah, they, they both are, yeah. And <laughs> I just, it's just one of those films, right, that, yeah, you're right, together, it would have been a really good two and a half hour film at a push, two hours like, would have been even better. It, it could have always been, if it was, let's just say for argument's sake, that Kill Bill as a whole was two and a half hours, it would have been his, like, uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Kind of. Yeah. Like, kind, like, kind of. Like, in terms of exploitation film. And, Instead, and, when he and, like, did yeah. release it as one, he made it a 247-minute film. Was that just both films together? I don't think... I think they... I think, didn't they chop them around into a different order and... That's kind of a good idea. Maybe maybe that works better. I think because my main problem, well, not my main problem. One of my main problems about the second one is it feels like there's a lot of filler. But but if it was cut between all the other madness of the first film, maybe that works because it gives you time to breathe. But also, like the second one is basically a western, which I love. I love the idea that the first one's a kung fu movie and then the second one's a western. But the problem with that is in the second one you've got all these flashbacks to the kung fu shit. Yeah, like about how she survives in the coffin. Which, by the way, that coffin thing's amazing. That's amazing. Like it's brilliant. And the fight with Daryl Hannah, the, the, the jackass fight, as they called it, because they changed it to being a martial arts fight yeah, yeah. to jack up because they watched jackass. Yeah, that sequence is fucking great too. Like, there's some great bits in it, no doubt. And I think, like, no doubt. I think this becomes the running theme, right? So next up was um, Grindhouse or Death Proof, depending on. And yeah. again, <clears throat> I like Death Proof more than a lot of people, but. There's three versions, right? There's the 87-minute version, which is in Grindhouse, which is nice because it's Tarantino's only sub-90-minute film. This this film, the the whole point of Death is it should be less than 90 minutes. It's inspired by, like, Like, every film it's inspired by is, like, 82 minutes long or whatever. And then when it was released on its own, it was 121 minutes or 114 minutes, depending on which version you got. Right. But my, I don't know about you, my whole problem with Death Proof is it spends so long with the first set of girls. Yes. It does not need to... It's like half an hour, 40... It's something stupid. Like, 32... I remember... I can't remember the, the time. <clears throat> but it's like an entire... And, and they're never relevant again. If, uh, my, my whole thing was, I assumed that if... When, when they have that massive... Because the crash is amazing. Yeah, like, the, the, the crash is amazing. If one of them had... I sort of thought if one of them had sort of somehow survived and came back to hunt him, then it's relevant. Because it just it just isn't re- once they're dead you don't need to, in a in a normal film in a typical film you'd be with those girls for ten minutes we kill them it doesn't fucking right like this we're, we're setting up stuntman Mike right and then you get on with the rest of the movie because the, for when he for when he meets the new girls it's basically good right I mean basically basically yeah yeah it's just way too long at the beginning for no reason and again it sets up for no reason Tarant typical <laughs> now we're getting into Tarantino's new patter right so long overindulgent and the key here is either a producer that's not strong enough to wind him in or an editor that's not strong enough to deliver a vision of a film that works but also is it the the problem also and i agree 100 with all of that (coughs) but (coughs) the other problem is Everyone that says this is incredible, this this is the best thing ever. Well, it, that's the producer then... thing, right? So it comes about if you remember like, one of my favorite quotes or one of my favorite things about the Star Wars um, prequels, right? Ooh. Was Rick McCallan, right? Rick yeah. McCallan, who basically was George Lucas's yes man, and he basically said, "I'm here to say yes to George Lucas, whatever he wants." Yeah, no, exactly. 
That's no. the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Yes, George, that script is amazing. Yes, George, moving actors digitally is amazing. Yes, George, we need that sequence of metachlorine. Yes, it's like, no, just say no, man. Be Zamo. <laughs> Thank you. Well, of course, Zamo, but Zamo didn't say no. Right? No, Z uh, no, apparently Zamo <coughs> did not. So Death Proof is, it is what it is, right? I think in Grindhouse, I think um, Planet Terror is more fun. It is, like, no doubt. Planet Terror does more what it's supposed to do than Death Proof does. Yeah, <laughs> it literally does what it says on the tin, right? It's a Grindhouse yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, fucking hell, it has uh, guns on cut-off limbs. It, it's almost exactly. perfect. Uh, we then move to um, uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or yes, Quentin Tarantino rewrites history. So here's the thing. Well, I mean, that bit's fine. Like, the, the thing... <clears throat> have you seen the original Inglorious Bastards? No, I have not. By the way, 153 <laughs> minutes. It's absurd. People were talking about how good that scene is with Christoph Waltz at the beginning. Which is what, 20-minute sequence or something ridiculous. Right, so it could have been 10, it wouldn't have been any better it could have been or worse. Five. Absolutely five. Well, but I'm just saying, it could have been 10, you're going to draw it out, all that shit. It was, and he's like, can I have some milk? I'm like, I don't, I do not care. He's very good at it. Like, <laughs> the acting is very good. I do not care. I want to see Jews killing Nazis. <laughs> Now, I know that that's my thing, but it's... A, <laughs> but the film, but the film, I love that. That's my thing. <laughs> but the film, the film says it's about that. Yeah. And it happens, what, once? And there's also that fucking stupid scene with Fassbender and uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers, who literally looks like he's about to burst out laughing in that scene, like where he's, like, briefing him. Then he goes to that bar, which goes on for how long... Oh, the bar scene is intolerable, <laughs> man. And then, and, and then as soon as they kill... Till Schweiger, who I love the fact that he's like a Nazi who hates or German who hates Nazis or whatever. As soon as they kill him in that scene, he never really gets to do anything. No. He's great. Um, I do look, there are some scenes I like. There are definitely some scenes I like. But that film could have easily been, I mean it, 90 minutes. Like, I don't give a fuck about Daniel Brawl chatting up Melanie Lowe. I don't give a hundred minutes and that film would have been amazing, it could have been right? Yeah, I really agree. And then, like, if you're going to do a, a, a DVD version where it's two and a half hours long, yeah, all right, whatever, I don't care. But but show us more of the fucking, the Jews killing Nazis, you cunt. Like, just do that. Jesus Christ, that's what I paid for. Bullshit. So, Inglourious like, Bastards... Ending, and to be fair, the final act is awesome. The, the final, final act, act is amazing. good fun, right? But yeah, by that point... it's way too long. Yeah, and, and this, is, this, is, this is where we're getting <laughs> with a lot of these films. By this point, I'm just kind of like... Ugh, just get the fuck on with it. If I have to watch another indulgent scene of a Tarantino character yeah. sat in a room talking to yeah. a Tarantino character... Talking bollocks, yeah, exactly. Um, and with that in mind, <laughs> next up, Django Unchained! Yeah, I can't. I oh, can't my God! Can we, stop, can we stop talking about his films now? The thing is, is that, the, <clears throat> again, the second half is where all the action is, and it's so repetitive. 165 like, minutes, Ross. Is it that long? Yes. God almighty. That awful Australian accent thing, that was terrible. Okay. Why, so, does he, so, so why does he ruin his film? The film finishes at about 140 minutes. <clears throat> and even then it's a bit long. And then Tarantino goes, no, 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 wait. I've got something <clears throat> extra for this. I'm going to put me oh. into the film. That is, and it's absolutely terrible. It's, like, absolutely, it it's stands absolutely out. terrible. It genuinely stands out like an erection in a pair of swimming trunks at a kid's swimming party. 
Oh, you've had that too, eh? Yeah, it's embarrassing, isn't it? I, um, I mean, what? I don't know what you're talking about. 165 minutes of the most indulgent shit and Christoph Waltz playing the same role he's played before. I know. DiCaprio's fine, but again, yeah, that dinner table scene, if I remember rightly, that just goes on forever. Let's keep talking. No, no, can we stop talking, please? <laughs> <coughs> but when it, stop talking. when it does the kind of grindhousey <clears throat> Western Django thing, it's, sure, it's okay. But it crams it all into like the last, if I remember, like forty minutes, and it's just him continuously running around shooting people. Like, which you know, I like that. But you, you why is it all just jammed into the last? But it's a also, video game it's about, by that point, isn't it? Also, yeah. Also, it's called Django, and he's barely in it. He's which, barely in it. Which brings us to. Um, reservoir cabin. Right, but the thing is, though, okay, I will say I was surprised at how much I liked this compared to the previous couple of films. A hundred like, and sixty-eight yeah. minutes original, yeah. hundred and eighty-seven yeah. minutes roadshow, two hundred and thirteen yeah. minutes extended. It's I about think, yeah. seven guys, eight guys, in a fucking room working out who the traitor is. Right, well, it's reservoir say, dogs. Yeah. 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 Four times as long. Three times as long. Right. So here's the thing. <clears throat> I mean, I agree. That's that's absurd. I was, and I'll, again, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it in the cinema. I haven't seen it again yet. I do think it could have started from when they just gave the cabin. I don't think you need that opening with the stagecoach at all. No. I, think it, I think it would actually, the more it's like a play, the better, if that makes sense. It's because a the way they, play. Because the way they shoot it in the cabin... Is so clever. It does not feel like a one location movie exactly. No. Um, but, but now imagine if that, that that was ninety minutes long, right? Oh, it should be. It should. Well, I was going to say it should be no longer than two hours, like no but, longer. But it's all. it's literally a story about eight people trying to work out who the traitor is. Exactly. I've okay. seen but that film a hundred yeah. times, and yeah. I've never seen it at one hundred and sixty-five, hundred and eighty-one, no. or two hundred and thirteen minutes. No. It doesn't That's longer than Godfather Part Two, by the way. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no need for it to be that long. But I will say again, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Red, I, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it a second time yet. Genuinely hated this film. It, oh, this no. is the nadir of Tarantino for me, right? This is yeah. the this is the the this is the worst that he has got to with the up his own ass. Right, the extremisms of what he over does. the top meandering just horseshit um and look whatever you think right whatever you think about tarantino's films there's one stat that does not change i have seen reservoir dogs um pop fiction and jackie brown between them probably 50 times of course genuinely i've seen those films so many times i've seen kill bill one and two death proof Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight once. Yeah, I've seen Kill Bill a few, the first Kill Bill a few times. The other ones, I think I've watched them twice except for Hateful Eight. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I can say I've watched them all twice. I've literally watched them once. And you're talking about someone that was in love with Tarantino's film. Yeah, of course. That's that's what I'm getting at. And look, in every (laughs) one of those films, there is undoubtedly a really, really, uh, like, amazing let's be fairly generous, between 90 and, like, 90-minute and two-hour film. Yeah. Like, in every film, it's arguably, 
like yeah, I'm not not going to say they'd be perfect, but it's for, for the excessive running time is just obscene. Like it, it and it's ne- and it never seems to be like oh, this had to be in here because yeah, blah, so blah 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 blah. There are some films, right, that you know that you know that you're good fellas, right? Is the perfect example of a film that could not have been any shorter. There's nothing yeah. you can take out of Goodfellas. It's lean. It is yeah, it's, it's the leanest long. near three-hour movie that you will ever see. There is not a wasted yeah. shot, frame, or second in that film. Okay, it's my favourite film of all time, but still. No, but I, get, I, I, I don't disagree. There is nothing that anyone could have <clears throat> That is a director and editor working in perfect harmony to make the best film possible. It feels um, sculpted. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's a great analogy, Ross. It f- Goodfellas is sculpted, whereas these films feel like chunks of clay. Meandering sort of... Me- yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is 159 minutes. So I'm really worried about that. In the <laughs> middle, right? There's yeah. a load of issues that apparently Margot Robbie is barely in it and barely gets to do anything in it. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino was not... Yeah, I reject your hypothesis. I don't know why I've done Samuel L. Jackson. So. Wow, sorry, what's this? <laughs> so you know, you know when so he was questioned about the fact that Margot Robbie doesn't say very much or do very much, oh, and okay. he turned. This was at Cannes, and he turned around and to the reporter and said, "I reject your hypothesis." Okay. Like, well, oh, well a means... it's not a hypothesis if it's fact, right? You know, she's in it yeah. not very much, and when she is in it, she doesn't say very much. That's right, not a okay. hypothesis, Quentin. That's, that's... Either factual, it's either factual or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's like, I reject your facts. No, they're facts, mate. That's how it happens. Yeah. But, so, but the trailer looks really good. Um, I have heard that it is indulgent in places and takes the time to get to bits. Yeah. Um, but, and then the worst of all, he's, gonna, he's, he's genuinely announced that he wants to do a Star Trek film. Well, it's actually on IMDb and everything. It's on IMDb. But you see, this is the thing. I feel like that is something interesting, at least. I, I, would, I, I, <laughs> I would like to see it, but it can't be four hours long. And the whole <laughs> thing of it's going to have swearing in it. Yeah, it's R-rated. I don't, well, it's an R-rated. I don't, does the world need an R-rated Star Trek movie? Uh, no, <clears throat> but I'd be very curious to watch it. Oh, hey, look! I'll watch all of his films because I'm a. I mean, I mean, look, look in theory. Well, in theory, like a uh, what's the word? A family-friendly franchise that's sort of off the chain of it could be very interesting. Good, but then do they do? But then do they do a franchise of R-rated Star Trek films, and then they do some family-friendly? Like maybe they do family-friendly versions of both of like his films. So then so- everyone. That would be interesting. So having an 18-rated version and a... I mean, well, let's be honest, it'll be an R, so it'll be 50. It's yeah, 15 to and a 12. I, I, doubt it, I doubt it'd be like an NC-17, I mean, maybe. I, 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 R, I want to have, like, fucking Kirk bareback riding fucking Spock. <laughs> you mean like X-Ray? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I literally wanted to turn into Brokeback Mountain in the middle of Brokeback it. Brokeback Mountain, that'd Where be Spock and Kirk are stuck on a planet and they know they're never going to get rescued, right? They're, fu- they're going to die. So before they do... They fuck, and then the mm. Enterprise rescues them, and they have to have then the rest of their career they have to spend being exceptionally awkward around each other. <laughs> You're giving him Can, ideas. That'd be great. You like their hand accidentally touched by the replicator, and they're just like, "Oh, oh sorry, 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 uh, Captain." Sorry, and they just they literally can't bear to be in the same room as each other after that. 
best. That is the Star Trek movie I want to see. The gay sex Star Trek movie. You heard it here first. Um, so just a, just a couple of things before we 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 um tie this one up. Still, I think so. All of this we've done, right? What's the best mm-hmm. Tarantino script? Opening it up to everything he's ever done. His best script. His best script. And I would fi- argue might be, pulp, might be pulp fiction. To be honest, really. It might be pulp fiction. So like me, in terms of it's an archetype. It's just an archetypal writing yeah, script. For me, true romance though. Oh fuck! All right, yeah, we didn't even go there. Yeah, so this is why I'm opening up. So it's like, yeah, wait, 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 we didn't, we didn't go there. Um, but I, I'd probably still say Pulp Fiction, actually. Okay. But I love True Romance is arguably my favorite Tarantino film. Yeah. Stuff. So look, Jackie Brown's the best Tarantino film, right? Yeah. The yeah. best film that he has made. The yeah. best Tarantino movie is True Romance. Yeah, 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 definitely. Tony like, yeah, Scott 100%. lands that plane like <laughs> Sully on the fucking Hudson. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that no, is great. From dialogue to performance. Tony, well, Tony Scott probably never got better after that either. Ooh, hello? Mm, I'm going to take that challenge. Uh, but No, actually, well, Tony's... no, he couldn't have been. It's his, it was like his best film. I don't think... I think that was kind of like Tony Scott at his peak. Peak Tony Scott. Obviously banned in the yeah. UK when it came out. Yeah, which is weird. It was, what? for me... I, I just <laughs> think True Romance is the most perfect film. I have a tattoo on my ribs from True Romance. Yeah, I have um, uh, "You're So Cool" in the exact that's very, style. That's very good. Uh, with just the heart quick, that she just, writes on the napkin. Just very quickly, just very quickly. Post True Romance, bearing in mind the film before that was the last Boy Scout, so you don't get a lot better than those two in a row. Um, very quickly, there was Crimson Tide, Great which show. I mean is good, not as not as good as True Romance. The Fan, which I enjoyed, not as good as oh, True Romance. Enemy of the State. Fuck out the Fan. I know I like it a lot. I'm just saying in terms of yeah, his yeah. best film. Yeah. Enemy of the State, love it. Spy Game, Man yeah. on Fire, which I still think is hugely overrated. Uh, Domino. Yeah. Domino. No, Man on Fire, it's good. It's, good. it's just I just think it's hugely overrated. Ross, can we skip from Man on Fire to Taking yeah. of Pelham 1, 2, 3? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you the, see what I mean? Domino and Deja Vu were yeah, not no, no, finest no. moments. No. No, no I mean, look... Even if you go backwards in his career, right? And I, you know me, I top last down. last Boy Scout, last Boy Scout is arguably better than True Romance. They're on a very even key. Ah, they're You've close, sh- aren't they? Shade black, shade black to Tarantino. That's I mean, that is shit. like literally the the, yeah, the ideal. But for me, right? The, the, so just on True Romance, and it, it's got the best cast. It's got the yeah. best dialogue. It's got. The best direction. Cinematography is incredible. The cinematography is incredible. Cinematography is incredible. How you fall in love with Patricia Arquette and Christian Slater. Even though Christian Slater is a bit of a nutcase. I love um, him. (laughs) The Hans Zimmer music, you're so cool, the music from you're so cool. Jeffrey Kimball was a DOP. Yeah. um, Fucking amazing. uh, Bronson Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, he's great in it. Sol Rubinet. Yeah, um, Michael Rappaport. The cocaine in the car moment. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. James Gandolfini. Like yeah, one of the enough. first films. Of... The fights. Oh, my God. Yeah. The way he, he roughed up. His, he, he was living in his car when he did that or something. Yeah, when he, roughed up, um, when he roughed up Alabama. Alabama. That's yeah. The, the, yeah. one of the most horrible scenes ever. Like this, Without this film, mm-hmm. The Sopranos would not exist, right? Right. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. No, no, no way. Fuck, man. So, yeah. can, But now, can you imagine if Tarantino had directed this? At, at the height of his... So if he'd have done this post-Pulp Fiction and if he'd yeah. have done this now, would they have been different films? 
Uh, who knows? It's, it's very hard to tell. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so. we went a little bit off piece. So um, both hesitant on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood then? I mean, to be honest, yeah. Like, I'm going to go and see it. And, like, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to avoid the trailer and all that shit. I'll probably inevitably end up seeing it. It's got once. Bruce Lee in it, for fuck's sake. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be fun. I'm not, I'm not convinced by the guy playing King, to be honest. That's another story. Um, I'm just... It's the sort of thing where you kind of go, that sounds like so much fun, except how long is it? What? <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? It's like, <clears throat> it's so much fun, and then you realise it's nearly three hours, and you, then you go, hold on, is it nearly three hours like... Goodfellas, nearly three hours. Right, yeah. Because if exactly. it is, this could be Tarantino's best film, right? I mean, the, the idea of it being like a, 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 like a golden era Hollywood epic sort of thing is exciting. Like, that is exciting. Proper potentially. Exciting. But is it actually any... Like, can good? it deliver? And that's our question. But I mean, well, no, it, it can deliver. Obviously, it can, oh, it can deliver. But will it deliver? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, and what a cast as well. So, look, this is, we will get together and have an episode dedicated to this film. So we can talk it through. And I'll probably tag it on to another version of this podcast as well. So right. there will be a part two. Or, or some might say the complete collection. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> I did a Tarantino. By the way, you can watch The Hateful Eight as a Netflix TV series, fully extended, broken down into episodes. What? And really? It's much longer. Yeah, much longer. Oh, oh good. Just thought I'd drop that. Um, so look, we'll be back to talk about The Hateful Eight and many, many other things. Ross, where can the good folks of the podcast people listening find out more about you? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you've just really confused me by telling me about The Hateful Eight. There's a TV show of The Hateful Eight. Yeah, it's the, it's the film broken down into episodes, but right. longer. H how many How many episodes? Uh you do your plugs, and I will. I will find oh, sorry. Out. Okay, so um, uh, you can find a fucking up. Sorry, it's really throwing me for a loop. Um, you can find me on all the social things as at Ross Boyas, uh, my company Evolutionary Films at Evo Films UK, uh, and check out my action film Vengeance at Vengeance Film UK. The sequel is very, very nearly finished. Ooh. It's a post-production. Yeah, it's very, very, very... Literally this week or next week, probably. Okay, four so episodes of The Hateful Eight, the extended edition, are titled The Last Stage to Red Rock, 50 minutes. Minnie's Haberdashery, 51 minutes. Dermogrew's Got a Secret, 53 minutes. And the last chapter, 56 minutes. So, the answer is... Oh, my four, God. Four, 50-ish minutes. And, much like Tarantino's films, each one gets longer. Each one gets longer. Yeah, 50, 51, 53, and 56 minutes. Oh, my God. That's why is it so... Oh, my God. Here I come. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? <laughs> I got a six-pack in the back. Thought we'd order a pizza. All right. Hi! <laughs> That was the best acting I've ever seen. We both have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think I have indicated quite openly that I think it's his best film since Jackie Brown. I actually enjoyed it. And the further away from the film I've got, I've actually uprated it within my top five for the year so far. I really enjoyed it. Ross, what did you think? So, 
as mentioned previously, I was really worried about the running time. I was really worried about it being the next Tarantino film that I don't like. And I was also, you know, and, and I was also worried about things like, I, I saw a trailer for it and I thought the trailer was genuinely terrible. Like, like I couldn't figure out why it was terrible. Now I think it's probably because they just don't want to tell you what actually happens in the film. See, possibly. I actually like the trailer. But well, I, I don't know which one you saw and I don't know which one I saw. But, but, um, but look, regardless of that, I went in with genuine trepidation uh, and I loved every single scene. Like I loved every, every bit of it. I think it's nine out of 10. And I think that it is, his, yeah, absolutely his best film after Jackie Brown. And that includes Pulp Fiction. And I know how soon it is to say that because Pulp Fiction has held up over time. Like Pulp Fiction has held up. Well, now controversially yeah. yes and no i mean no, what i mean what i mean is the qualities that have made pulp fiction good i think still yeah but up, have you I watched think. it recently yeah i did i watched it last uh it no, two months ago. drags a bit in the middle oh no no it does no no look i'm not saying it's perfect but i think that overall the stuff that makes it good is still good like like yeah if you, if you get what i'm getting at like the qualities of it and it has become like sincerely i think that pulp fiction has now genuinely become timeless which I think it always was because of the way it was sort of period, but not period in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Sense, and I think now that it really, it really is a period film, and it kind of that's why it holds. I think I think it holds up better than some of his more recent films, even though they are period films. If that makes sense, I'm probably not making any sense. I'm very tired. no, no, no. I I totally know what you mean, right? Um, and it is. Don't get me wrong. It is a great film. Um, I think I I I I'm still questioning whether. Um, actually, it kind of goes Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, or Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. I'm. Um, I think th- that's a really good question, and I think I think it's still Pulp Fiction only because, like, like second, simply because of how much of a jump it was from Reservoir Dogs. If that makes like Reservoir Dogs still holds up extremely well. Oh, incredible! Like, really, really, really well. And again, it feels like a period film now as well for some reason. Um, it. You know, Reservoir Dogs as a tight movie holds up extremely well. I think Pulp Fiction beats it only only because, and it makes a, it's an opinion, only simply because there's so much of it and so much of it is great, Yeah, if that makes sense. And Reservoir Dogs does still sort of feel like a first film. If that yeah, makes sense. and just nothing, not, not nothing against it. It just, yeah, I'm just saying, if you've got to, if you've got to give a reasoning to play, position them, that's yeah. Um, interesting point about uh, interesting fact about Reservoir Dogs. They actually wore their own clothes. So that tracksuit that Chris Penn's in is his own tracksuit. That is actually pretty cool. That is great. I read ten yeah. facts you didn't know about Reservoir Dogs yesterday. That was that my is, favorite. Anyway, really cool. back to uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's. Do you know what? Right. I <clears throat> I like films where you hang out with people. As well, long as the people you yes. hang out with are interesting. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think as long as, as long as it's yeah, you're right. As long as they're engaging and, and you're not. And, they, and yeah, and what they yeah. so so in this film there's there's a and we can do spoilers. I put a spoiler one up. So in this yeah, film there's there's a really it. extended bit where like um, Brad Pitt's is fixing an aerial on a roof, right? It's one of the best scenes of the film. <clears throat> it's one of the best scenes of the film. And all he's doing is he's shirtless, which I mean that's nice, but he's shirtless and fixing an aerial and sort of looks briefly at uh, Margot Robbie. And and like like the, the driving around, the hanging out with characters. I love the way Tarantino used the radio and the, the the music and the soundtrack is basically load of mono versions of songs as you would have heard them in the car stereo, which is quite clever to be so fair. 
So I don't know if you know about this. Uh, I was sort of with uh, a friend, Greg Burridge, uh, yesterday. At oh, I know Greg. Yeah, and he um, he was saying how he he went driving the other day <clears throat> down to Kent, and he had on Spotify. Apparently, has a playlist. I think he said Spotify, a playlist of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, soundtrack, including like the radio ad, like all the old radio adverts. Yeah, that that's just like the soundtrack. And it's, and it's, but it's like a radio edit of it. So it's like how you would have heard it in the film, if that makes yeah, sense. I mean, the soundtrack's quite that's like right. that, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, it's it great. Amazing. He said it's amazing. Said it so, amazing. so let's talk cast, right? Um, <clears throat> Leonardo DiCaprio, one of his best performances? His best performances? Yeah. So the, the scenes with the little girl who is going to be oh my fucking gigantic. God. Like, fucking gigantic. She wasn't the one I was talking about earlier, though. Oh, but... well, that's who I was talking about. But okay. Yeah, but, I mean, but, she was... But there's that. Cracking. There's that. But also the scenes when they are filming the pilot. The scenes when they're filming the pilot, his acting... And, and, and not just his acting as Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever, like his performance... But the stuff that's happening, one of the things I thought was amazing about those scenes where they're in the, you know, the saloon filming the pilot yeah. was the acting for that pilot, given the time period, is so much ridiculously better than it would have been. Yes, so much. But, but, but that's what we're... But so, so, some of the, so and, and sorry, going backwards to connect this a little bit, there's that wonderful scene in the trailer or in the makeup room, or where I presume it's a trailer, where he meets Nicholas Hammond. Nicholas Hammond, for fuck's sake. Nicholas Hammond replacing Burt Reynolds. Like, what the fuck? That was amazing. Um, but there's a scene where Hammond is talking about, like, how they're going to dress him and make and put the tash on him. Yeah, and, yeah. It's all, and it's all sounding terrible. And then he looks amazing. Like, literally looks He looks absolutely superb. amazing. And and so again, much better than he did in, like, The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Well, oh, sorry, not Hateful Eight. Um, Django. Well, yeah. But, but like, oh, well, yeah, that's, I mean, obviously, it's, I, I keep forgetting about that connection because I hate that film. Um, actually, I shouldn't say hate. I just don't think it's anything. No, no, I, what, I, I hate Hateful Eight and Jack. But, but, like, first of all, yeah, he looks amazing and is rocking that look so well and doesn't quite understand he is. And I love that, too. Like, I love that. And then the scene with a little girl with the book and all that stuff. And uh, then Julia Butters. Yeah, her. she's fucking great. She needs to change that surname. But fucking hell. Like, it's going to be as Julia Butters soon. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but like, like, and and then the scenes when they're filming the the the, the pilot, and then he kind of fucks up, and then he comes back, he gets it brilliantly, and then even the moment when she says to him, "That was the best acting I've ever seen," and you absolutely buy her. She's eight. Yeah, and and it you buy matter. him she, when he 100%. cries. Yeah. I my heart was just like. I know. Oh my god. Um. So. I mean, that was great. Um, Brad it's Pitt is brilliant. just... He's phenomenal in it. He's phenomenal in it. And he does um, so little in it. So what I love is... What I love is... his. Ex- <laughs> this sounds like such a weird thing to say. His expression in almost every scene is the same. He's doing Roger Moore. Like, as, yeah. in, as in every scene he's in, he reacts the same. You know when there's that really amazingly tense scene when he goes to the Manson... Camp? Oh, my God. Right. That is but, the but, scene of the year, right? But the look on his face, even though it's <clears throat> horrible and tense... It's just this sort of slightly doofy look. But so, you know he's you know he's not being doofy, but the look on his yeah. face that is affected is this kind of doofy, just checking in, like like kind of look. And it works it like just extraordinarily well. So, like he does so little in it. He's like he's almost doing ruffalo or something. How much would you, do you know like I mean? to see him do a horror Tarantino do a horror film now? One hundred percent. Because that scene I know is one of the really tensest creepy. scenes of the year. Yeah. 
And nothing happens. And nothing happened. So, uh, two other things. Um, so, Margot Robbie, um, I thought, was captivating in this film. So do I. I've heard these weird things about, like, her not talking. First of all, I know she only has a few lines. It's not about what she says. No. It's all about... No. It's making us love her. We, I love her in that film. And it's all about us being... If anyone fucking understands the story of what was supposed to happen in the real world... Yeah. You, you should be... I, I was really scared for her. Yeah. I was like, oh my it was god! Really scary. I know where this is to... going. Right, exactly. And I don't want it to go there because this girl exactly, is she's wonderful, amazing. I yeah. even love that. It took me a couple of seconds to get around it, but I even love the fact they used the the original Sharon Tate footage. I was fine with it. I know, I know. It's kind of weird, but it's also because you are almost expecting to cut her in or something. But, it, but isn't this part like... the whole dreamy kind it's of? Facade. It's a facade. Yeah, and also, and, and also even and I know this sounds crazy. I was even saying in my head, well, in the movie she would look different and she'd be made up and her hair's different. Yeah, like, so it just it just didn't make me go. Even though I know the reality, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. And also her reactions to watching what was happening. Oh, it's just great. It's I was great. I, I wanted more Margot Robbie, and that's not yeah. that, yeah, that's, that's genuinely not a slant at Tarantino. No, I get you. You, if you'd put more in, you would have you would have potentially spoiled what he did. Some, so actually, some, the fact I wanted more made me happy because I was like, that, "That's perfect, right? You should want more of something you love." Yeah, exactly. That's exactly for wanting more. Here's the other thing. Someone said to me, I mean, look, and I, uh, man, it was just the one person to me was like the whole you know, having Steve McQueen talk about her blah. I was like, yes, exactly. You don't want her talking about her. No, like the like, Steve McQueen bit was cool, it's easy, man. It's easy. It's easy for me to say that. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Again, I'm not trying to be contrarian to other people's views. I just. It was like yes, because you can't having that relationship explained between her and the two guys. You don't want them talking about it. You want someone, dare I say, slightly gossiping about them yeah. in a Hollywood party. That's what you want. Like that's totally. the way to present it so, because that's where they live. Like that's how things are. So um. The other person, the one person I want to single out, um, and then we'll move on to a specific scene that's caused a lot of controversy. Um, yeah, hang on, it's caused, assuming it's what I think it was controversy with like, I know, 13 people who are pretending. No, 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 it's big. I mean, oh, even okay. Hermo picked it up on his review on it. Oh, um, so, so the one I think that I think the breakout star of this film for me is Margaret Qualley, uh, who played Pussycat. Oh, she's, yeah, she's great. I've yeah, seen no, her in a right. couple she of things. Great. She, she was great, great in um, The Leftovers. Yes. Uh, or Leftovers, I think it's called. Not The it's Leftovers. Called, it's just Leftovers, yeah. yeah it would, that would be a different type of thing, wouldn't it? It would be about someone's dinner that they didn't Food, eat. Food, yeah. <laughs> but as Pussycat in this film, yeah. she was as captivating for me as Margot Robbie. Yeah, and no, she was good. There's just something really beautiful in her performances and she's Andy McDowell's daughter and if I t when I tell you I that, can see that I can see that oh, I can shit, see yeah. that yeah um, I can see that but she was oh, just yeah. fantastic the and that relationship was, yeah. with her and Brad Pitt like was was really interesting they had they had weird chemistry that you can imagine maybe if Brad Pitt was 20 years younger. Oh, yeah. They'd be fucking like wildcats. Definitely. Because they, you know, when you just see that chemistry between people, mm. they, had, yeah. they had that. The only thing I will say, and it's small and I don't care, but it's only because we know, is the foot fetish stuff was still absurd. Like it was oh, absurd. Oh, my God. That, 
it was absurd. It was absurd because it was so much of it. And but, so obvious. And you yeah, could lose so, that, yeah. right? Yeah, you could. So let's talk so, about Bruce Lee. Like, uh, really? Is that, is that the bit you're talking about? Yeah. It's nothing. Who gives a shit? I mean, literally, who gives a shit, right? It's it's Clint, remem- Cliff, sorry, remembering. It's Cliff's memory. It's not him. It's not, no. sure it's not the character. It's his memory of it. Also, it led to his downfall. Like, like yeah. if, we, if we want to talk about how arrogant Bruce Lee was, Bruce Lee, anyone who doesn't think Bruce Lee was arrogant sort of needs to get a reality check. He was a human. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to negative him. I'm just saying he was obvious. He was very talented. And if, if, if people don't think he was arrogant with that, I think they just need to get their head checked. They seem yeah. to think he was like this spiritual guy. Fuck off. Idiots. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, but seriously, because like, he's a person like, stop it. Um, and, and even if he was, whatever, you don't know. It's just, uh, fuck off. So he, he just, he, he's, the whole scene leads to Cliff's downfall. Right? Like, even yeah. if he was arrogant and said that shit about Cassius Clay, which would be fucking stupid if he did, but why not? Because some people are fucking stupid. And even if Cliff did whoop his, who cares? It's a movie. It doesn't matter. It's, that's like, that's like being... Like, and it's not a real movie. This is a movie where Sharon movie. Tate doesn't exactly. die at the end, right? Exactly. So exactly. nothing about this film is real. It's a film no, where Margot Robbie, as Sharon Tate, goes to watch the cinema of yeah. the real Sharon Tate on exactly. screen. It's a confection. And also, it's like not even 90, it's barely 90 seconds of screen time. And it's, it's a and really it's a, good scene. And it's a really, really good scene. The look on, the look on uh, Mike Moe's face when uh, the guy says, when, when, they, when they say to him, he got away from with killing his wife, was fucking amazing. That was fucking great. And like, it, it it's just immaterial. It's ridiculous. And, and he was like, oh, so many people. Really? What, are they idiots? It was a good scene. And it right. made me, it made me laugh. And do you know what? Like, I look at it as, I read it as, this is Cliff remembering. If I remember is something. That, is that? Is it, even if you look at it, like, that is what's happening. He's on yeah. the rooftop thinking about that scene. Yeah. Cuts and back to rooftop. <laughs> And if like, I if I remember something I did twenty years ago, chances are I'm going to kind of overplay my role. And also, like, we're the hero in our own story. There's all this stuff. We're the totally. hero. He was talking and, smack about one of our greatest boxers. Fuck yeah. Him. I, and he's stupid I enough was, to make it a fight. And he's stupid enough to make it a fight. And, and people have said he's racist. People have said that like Shannon Shannon Lee's come out and kind of gone it's, well, it's maybe well, she probably has, but she didn't. She sell Bruce Lee's image for like whiskey or something. Like, well, and and this, this is this is always my issue, right? Such it bonus. tarnishes the it tarnishes the reputation of someone when you don't pay for them, right? Right. When that you don't get the check for it. When or, you get or the even, for it, or, yeah, exactly. It's just nonsense. It's, but I loved it. It, it. Oddly, it was one of my favourite scenes in the movie because it just made me smile because it was so funny and. Kurt Russell is so good in this. He's and fucking great. And also, everyone. Zoe Bell, Zoe Bell was fucking yeah. great. Zoe I'm, Bell was actually terrifying. I'm sad that Burt Reynolds didn't get to be in this film. I know, I know. And also, it's the fact that Cliff is mostly based on sort of Burt Reynolds' yeah. stories as well. And well, amazing. yeah, it's kind of Burt Reynolds and um, Hal Needham, isn't it? That's it kind is, of like the whole. Is. And 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 this is this is my thing, right? I I like as a last movie. This would have been just. I mean, the last movie star was actually his last kind of proper movie. I loved, I loved him in that. And that's a brilliant sign off. Adam, Adam yeah, and this would have just been. Well, this would have been like another almost like boogie nights for him. Because yeah. the sad thing about the sadness about him disassociating himself from that film, it was very sad because he's so fucking good in it. And then he somehow, for some reason, distanced it. I don't know if it was because yeah, I, 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 it's weird. Very sad. Um, so, 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 like, what was the controversial scene you were talking about? 
That's the one I was. That's the one I thought you were referring to. Oh, okay, good, cool. And then obviously the 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 other real thing of note is is the ending where um one hundred percent takes the best swerve ever. And it, you know, it, I didn't expect it, and I I didn't no. like it until I left, and I was like, oh, I adored it. I was so because the moment I was of just violence, like, oh yeah, no, no, the violence was great, but it was for me Randy it, stuff. But for Randy me, it's like oh. you pulled this in. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, exactly. We've seen the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, and it's like actually, you've already pulled this trick. It's a bit lazy to do it again. But then when I left, I was like, no fuck, I don't want Sharon Tate to die. I adored it. I thought it was fucking amazing. And, and, and also, and also, um, it's so much fun, right? Well, I, I had people. I had people again. I don't. I had people. I've seen <laughs> complaints about about like the scene. I've, I've, I've seen this. There's a scene. People. Um, Brad Pitt feeding Randy. And I'm like, first of all, we're seeing how he lives. Yeah. Secondly, secondly, if you don't get how important that scene is compared, like, like when you relate it to the last scene, then again, what are you, what are you, it shows the absolute control he has. And it's yeah. demonstrated even further in that final scene. When he clicks his fingers, that oh, was brilliant, amazing. wasn't it? It was fucking amazing. So, so when I say amazing, amazing, like amazing. Yeah, let me qualify and say the scene in itself, by itself, is phenomenal. And okay, I think maybe it could have done with a few less smashing heads into into the wall. No, no, double. Um, I was, I was, I was amazed by that. I was like, oh my god, they're going there. But you know, I, I, in, as a scene of an in itself, and then when he gets the flamethrower out, I was, I literally, I was like, oh fuck she, yeah. she, the one he, that that girl who he, who who get, she gets so badly fucked up, and like the sheer agony she's in. Yeah. I'm not joking. Is I enjoy, it, I enjoyed that pain so because these people are fucking scumbags. Is that like, not, not just, the best? I love gun ever. A, yes, yes, it is, <laughs> and it's also, but it's also there's like. There's this quality of these three psychos who are just fucking pure evil, yeah. who we think as an audience are about to commit that act and, and you know, and all that stuff, who are horrible and shouldn't get away with it. And then they don't get away with it. That was the most satisfying. Like, like it's almost like it's almost like a revenge film. But isn't a revenge film. Well, like, it's a revenge like, film for something that doesn't happen. happen. Yeah, it's like a revenge film for real life. Yeah, it was yeah, utterly yeah. amazing. But utterly if amazing. you contextualise it right, that that event changed Hollywood completely. Mm-hmm. It changed the way films were made. It changed the way films film stars were made. It changed everything. This is Tarantino saying, actually, this is what the life would have been like if that had never happened. And that last right. scene with um, Leonardo DiCaprio um, yeah, as Rick meeting margot robbie and by yeah. extension you, you know that kind of polanski would probably have put him in a film for real world meets for fake world as well yeah before. yeah but you know polanski really may not have gone down the route he went no, down sure. and what a different world it would have been um i before we talk sorry, about this sorry super super quick super quick on the bruce lee scene the other thing to remember is for what it's worth that scene is the downfall of Cliff. Like he will never work. He will yeah. never work again. Bruce Lee then goes on to be one of the world's biggest stars. Like <laughs> from that moment. And again, people are complaining. Yeah. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like it's like what well, you're not think. You're not using your brain. The, the whole like, Cliff Gillespie thing was odd. Yeah, I quite like that though. I like it, but it, it gave a, a weirdly dark undertone to someone that you like a lot. 
Exactly. And again, I get it. Right? Oh, and also like, the comics, we all have that the dark comic, side. And the comics in his trailer. I, don't know, I just loved it. I was like, yep, that's cool. Um, <laughs> so, do you know what? The more we talk about it, the more, the more I'm fucking love this film i haven't stopped i'm not kidding i have not stopped thinking about it it is it is nine out of ten like there are bits in it for sure i think could have been done differently yes and i doubt. definitely would like to see less shot of feet because yeah i agree that's the one if i've got to be blunt that's that and it's but it's only because we know really yeah well this is it like, if he didn't know like, I know that. that he's probably sitting there jacking off to that footage, and you're like, that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to know that this is Tarantino getting off. Yeah, that's true. It's like, you know, you know I'm, I'm not going to, you know, it'd be like, be like, like some d- director who had a, like, like shit porn putting that in every film, and you'd be like, yeah, I think, I think I get it. I think I don't are need you it. Try, are you trying to say something about my most recent work? I, hey, I, you know, <laughs> there was that deleted oh, scene, there was a deleted scene in Vengeance, Ross, that you made me do. I don't um, mind you do. I don't mind you I, mean, I don't know why you had to shit on me. That was weird. There was just a whole metaphorical thing going on there. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, even I don't know. Like I don't know. But it just felt right. It just, <laughs> it just felt good. Um to any of any of Mum's friends who are still listening to this podcast. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um that's it, it really. I mean, right. great last film for Luke Perry as well. It really was. Like all thing, all things considered, really, really, really was. He was great at it. Um, and uh, how odd that the, the uh, Charles Manson is Charles Manson in this and the TV show. Um, I think was there people? Was it you even who said something? There's a shot in a trailer that isn't in the film or something where he waves at uh, Brad Pitt or someone else said it maybe. Yeah, there's no, some, so there's I, some yeah, shot. It, there was more apparently. There was kind of other scenes in there. Oh, okay. um, with with them, but I mean, like. It's so, it's a great cut. I I mean yeah, it's yeah even like Michael Madsen being back. That was um, great. That was yeah, really great. And it had Scoot McNary and it had um yeah I love Scoot. McNary. So many like like uh, what I really liked as well is there's loads of loads of like the Manson family were second generation actresses or actors. So Maya yeah. was in it. Yeah. Um, you had Harley Quinn Smith in it. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, Margaret um, Margaret Qualley's in it. There's all these yeah. kind of second, yeah, um, I like that. And it's well, kind of it like, well, but Hollywood, right? Well, Hollywood, and also, and again, one of the best comparisons is Nashville. I've never something about Nashville. Nashville is a film. I mean, it's 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 more of a slug. Like I've never I never found a moment of this a slog. Nashville sometimes a bit of a slog, but it's all about it's kind of like people's lives, and it's all yeah. these incredibly famous people who are now come like famous actors who basically seen country and western events and write their own songs and all sorts of stuff and there's a lot of slice of life about it and yeah. it's it's very oh. very similar and james remar was in it he's not second yeah. generation a uh, rumor willis was the other one i was trying to think of yeah. she is but i mean great cast so uh i i'm 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 pleasantly surprised that you you really enjoyed it um yeah. i'm pleasantly surprised that i really enjoyed it because fuck me you know it's it, i've waited since jackie brown for a good Tarantino film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, you know, it, it's good. However, can we just quit this? My last film, tenth film no, by. I, I don't listen to any of that shit. I can't. It's like every, when it, you know, you just hear the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. No, it's his tenth film. In fact, technically, it's his eleventh or twelfth thing he's doing. But anyway, right? Yeah, you know, 
let's get over it. Um, and people need to just lighten the fuck up. Um, yeah. Genuinely, the Bruce Lee thing was funny. <clears throat> genuinely, Margot Robbie. It was funny. Think... It was funny. It was funny, and it informs you about Brad Pitt's character. Totally. It's just so weird. Um, so yeah, so um, I've got an interesting one. I don't know how to place this in my pantheon of Tarantino films. I think it still sits for me. Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. This. I feel like this might come. I think this is top three. I really do. At the moment, I really do. And maybe it's just because he's developed so much further. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I genuinely think it might be Jackie Brown, this Pulp Fiction slash Reservoir Isn't it funny, I though? I really but... do. I really think I might. I look, I know it's really early to say that. I just, it feels, yeah. I've not stopped thinking about it. But isn't it funny that for everything that we would normally criticise a film for, mm-hmm. long run time, meandering zero i mean genuinely zero plot but here's the other thing actually i don't think it's meandering i really don't i think each scene has a reason but like it is long like it's definitely long and it could have been shorter for sure but there's no question but but then again there was not a single scene that i went i don't need that i really i really mean that like i didn't and i'm thinking i'm trying to think in the you know backwards okay you could say some of them could you know some of the driving bit yeah it could have been shorter but I don't see any reason not to have that scene in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, because it's, if you're looking at their lives, then it's a very, it's a clearly a very big part. Most of the time, Brad Pitt's in that car. Well, not most, but an awful well, lot. Well, a lot of, time. of the time. A lot of that time. So it's part of what he does. Like, and, I'm, and again, I'm not saying it's, I don't, who's but to it's say so weird, crucial? This is genuinely what we would criticize. A, this is exactly what no we criticize. There's no question. Like, yeah, hateful no eight question. for, right? Yeah. Um, hateful eight is like, Nothing happens. It's fucking boring. I'm not sure. I'm not. So my thing about Hateful Eight is I genuinely think it can just start when they all enter the cabin. I don't think you need the stagecoach bit at the beginning. I think it's it's an hour and 30 minute film. It's Reservoir Dogs. And it literally is Reservoir Dogs in three hours. Well, this is the problem. I love the murder mystery western aspects. I think the casting is. And I think they make an amazing use of the cabin. I think the way it's shot, it does not feel like a one location movie. But yeah, it should have probably been it should have probably been two hours on the nose or something. Like, and, and all I mean by that is, if you're going to make it like this sort of sitting room murder mystery thing, fine. You didn't need that weird intermission. You, you definitely don't need Tarantino voicing over what's happening when we come back. Like that bit was just that bit to me was the worst bit. That was the worst offense. It was like he felt he went, I've got to put myself in the film or something. I hate yeah. that. But actually, as a movie. I'm like, I, I, all I'm going to say is I, I just I liked it more than the previous couple for whatever reason. And and again, this was that same thing where I went into it going, oh, fuck, really? And I, yeah. and I came out of it not hating it, but it, with the caveat of, yeah, it's definitely too long. But I, I think the charm of the murder mystery Western and the cast overall. Oh, I, I look back at my review of it. I gave it a five out of ten. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. For me, it's probably like a six and a seven on a generous date. Like, it's probably a six. For me, for me. And um, hey, do you know what? If you want, you can even watch the extended version on Netflix. I've been, I've been half thinking, you know I've been half thinking about it, though, because they're one hour episode, whatever they are. Yeah, it probably I'm, would work like, better, a four, right? A four hour mini series doesn't sound terrible to me. Like, like a Quentin Tarantino, if you take it objectively, a four hour Quentin Tarantino mini series doesn't sound bad. Not really. So are you feeling more or less confident now about The Irishman, being that The Irishman is a hundred and 210 minutes long. I am absolutely not going to go and see that in the cinema. 
you don't need point, to be on Netflix. At this point, about this point. Yeah, but I want to see that film in the cinema. But I'm not going to go into a, <laughs> a three and a half hour film. I, I'm just not like the reviews would have to be. The problem is the reviews would have to be so good that I simply wouldn't believe them to go and see. Well, the I mean, we've had because this discussion because we've been, been talking about them. Joker. I believe right? that they could. Yeah. And Joker has been getting across the board. I just don't. But I don't. Amazing it just won, didn't, it, didn't it just win the top prize at Venice as well? Like yeah, the top yeah. Prize. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, and they're already okay. talking like Heath. Uh, sorry, Heath Ledger. Fucking hell. Already talking Whacking Phoenix for Oscar. Oscar now, of course. Here's an interesting one, right? It could be good. Like, I'm not. I've never said it can't be that good. But just come on. What the fuck? But maybe it is. Be let yourself open for it. I tell you what, though, right? Mm. This could be the first time. That an actor wins an Oscar for playing the exact same character. Yeah, I know what you mean. Two actor, two actors, so same character. character. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it doesn't count for, or even what, nominated. I'll tell you what, Joaquin, if you get yourself knocked off, you're almost guaranteed. <laughs> and on that note, Ross, where can our lovely people find out? I didn't mean to butt, I didn't mean to butt in on your last thought. I just like, go on, Joaquin, kill yourself. Um, By the way, just sorry. to say, The Irishman. I'm genuinely, I am looking forward to it. Like Robert De Niro, Anna Paquin, Al Pacino, no, no. Uh, like Stephen Graham, Pesci, Keitel, no. Bobby Cannavale. I mean, fuck me. What a cast. I know. And I'm just, it's Scorsese. And it's I gay. know. And it's like, like, again, Scorsese has made very few bad films. I mean, Pacino playing Hoffa, you know. I'm like Jesse I mean, Clemens. By the way, Jesse Clemens. Oh, Jesse Clemens, yep. Love Jesse. I mean, I have genuinely not seen a film of his I didn't think was at least good, um, and some ex most excellent. I'm probably the few people. <laughs> <I've tried. laughs> most excellent. Most excellent. Anyway, Ross, where can our lovely, uh, lovely people find out more about you? Oh no, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go TV Irishman. Um. <laughs> hey, fuck! I'm seeing um, Chapter Two this afternoon, and that's meant to be near wanna... three hours and not that good. Is it? Is it that about. long? Yeah. Oh no! I just yeah. finished watching part one again because I really loved it. It's amazing. I watched it again last week. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm just impressed because I might be seeing it tonight or the next few days. Um, what the fuck did you ask me? Where can people find out about you, bitch? Oh, that. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, if you look up, <laughs> I, I don't know why you'd want to, but if you look up at Ross Boyask on all the things and then at Evo Films UK on all the things because that's Evolutionary Films uh, and at Vengeance Film UK for this Vengeance Film franchise thing that I'm doing uh, and uh, please follow all of them and say hello and all that stuff you should say hello to us as well why don't we hear from any of you lot okay. yeah say hello www.philsquickreview.co.uk and on Instagram we are Ross and Phil Talk Movies on Twitter it's Phil Quick Review check us out on all of those things check out the podcast uh, all our back episodes are up and we will be back shortly um, with another episode. Um, and I would have seen It Chapter 2 and I'll probably do an Insta take on that one because I think there'll be a lot to talk about. By the way, um, it's two hours, 49 minutes. It's longer are than Once serious? Upon a Time in Hollywood. Are you serious? It's longer than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's like it the, now, the, isn't, that, isn't that the length of the miniseries? It like, now that sort of... is longer as two films than the miniseries was. That's what I mean. That's that's crazy. Why is it? What? It, it doesn't matter if it's good. I don't that's disagree with that. But, but By the way, the whole film, miniseries was three hours, 12 minutes. Right. So it's way longer than the, the series. Yeah. Way longer. That is not promising. 
No. I mean, I will see it because I really like. Um, yes. Oh, my brain ain't working. Uh, like. Yes. Um. Anyway, so look, thanks for listening. We'll be back. Uh, go listen to Tarantino, and at some point before the next episode, we'll have uh once upon a time in hollywood the whole bloody affair which will be both our once upon a time in hollywood episode stitched together into a longer one do you see what i did there Ooh. oh do you see what i did there okay. uh, right this is phil uh this is ross and phil see you later i was trying to think of it out bye 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 bye, bye. 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 bye.